Welcome to TechTO Quick Takes. We are broadcasting this week's episode live on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. As always, send us your feedback wherever you're watching or listening and let us know your takes. You can also listen later on the TechTO Quick Takes podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Thursday, May 13th, 2021, and today we're talking about Ada chats up investors for $130 million. Xanadu may or may not have raised $100 million from Bessemer. And this week in early stage funding, raises from Sports IQ Analytics, Kirby Cars, Rails.ai, and Relay Platform. Let's get started. First up, Ada chats up investors for $130 million. Alex, what is the news here? So ADA support has raised 130 million USD at a 1.2 billion valuation from some pretty uh, exciting and famous VCs. Spark Capital, which is not as well known as an other investor, but Spark is one of these com- one of these firms that has invested in everyone you've ever want to invest in. The other participant, um, new participant, is Tiger Global Management. Uh, if you don't follow venture, you might not know who Tiger is. They start off as a hedge fund, and they raised a six billion dollar fund in January and they're out raising another uh, multi-billion dollar fund because they're deploying capital so quickly and it seems to work for them. Uh, other Who are the LPs in those fund, Alex? Like who's who's backing that $6 billion? So it's the target a hedge fund. It's a lot of their own money. Um, so you can see they did well as a hedge fund and I guess a bunch of institutions with a lot of money. Uh, the other investors are return investors, including Bessemer, Excel, Firstmark, Version 1, and Burst. So a pretty good group of investors in Theta. All right. So those are some of the numbers uh, about the deal and who's backing the deal. But tell me a little bit about Ada's numbers themselves. So do you want to get into what Ada does or do you want to get into the numbers? Okay. Start with what Ada does. Yeah. So because I don't know if everyone knows what Ada does. So Ada, which actually is named after the first programmer, which is a woman, Ada Lovelace, um, is helping clients. So interact more efficiently with customers through automated chatbots. So let's 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 break that down. Um, their, Ada's goal is to help their, their customers avoid getting people on the phone for either sales or for um, customer support. And they do that by using no code and artificial intelligence. So a lot of buzzwords so far. No code basically means you don't need a programmer to implement data. So it's like a drag and drop. It's very simple. Um, Artificial intelligence means that the tool is supposed to get smarter by learning from what people are saying. So they put this all together and what the results are, you know, it's a quick implementation, an automation of 75% of conversations its clients have with customers, which is apparently up from 25% two years ago. So they have examples of Zoom, you know, which some people may be familiar with. I think everyone is, has automated 70% of their sales inquiries, saving them 19,000 agent hours. So if you figure that out, that works out to about eight and a half uh, FTAs, FTEs per year, or employees they don't need. Um, AirAsia has reduced wait time from not by 98%. And has provided instant support for 300,000 customers. So pretty powerful, you know, pretty powerful tool using cutting edge technology to improve customer experience and reduce costs for um, big, big enterprises. Now, uh, they've been at this for a long time. CEO and co-founder Mike presented at TechTO way back in April 2015 with Volley. And that kind of sort of morphed into Ada support, right? But you've got to hear the original problem statement that Mike was going after in 2015 and how he described his video. You ready, Alex? Yeah, let's go for it. The founder of Volley. Volley uh, is a community of developers, designers, and entrepreneurs who are helping each other solve difficult problems, problems that require conversations with people and not merely a link 
like you'd find on Google or a quick text reply like you'd find on Stack Overflow. Is that amazing or what? Yeah, well, you know, there's pivots and then there's pivots. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that clip up because that's quite amazing because they've gone Yeah, to... you start with one problem and you solve the exact inverse of it, right? Yeah, yeah well, I love the story. Like, first of all, you have to give Mike and David, you know, first of all, so much credit. They took a company, which was a social media company, got some traction, but didn't take off. They found a problem. They spent a year learning about that problem and basically did a complete pivot and, and have built a massive company. And, 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 and they were super nice along the way. Like they, um, you know, which is underrated, I think in the market, but like Volley was a buzz, had lots of people using it, you know, and they, they supposedly had a lot of customer su uh, support questions and they found out, Hey, people actually need, have to pay CSR agents. There's a big issue here. Let's see how we can automate it. And they, they spent, you know, I think it was a year working as CSR representatives at seven different companies. Uh, you know, they learned how repetitive questions were. And then they basically, they, as you said, there they were talking about making connections. They went and said, we can avoid these conversations. And, and Ada was born. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty unbelievable. And, and, and Alex, yeah, go ahead. You, you, you know, do you know, you know what, what do you know about Ada today? I, I know less, you know, we started, we were supporting them uh, in the early days. I know we put together uh, one of the first implementations of the Ada chatbot in the mobile app at Wellsimple you know, in 2015 or 2016, and it couldn't do a heck of a lot then. Uh, so I know it's come a long way. You want to tell us a little bit more now, Alex? Well, according to what I read, run rate of revenue of 30 million USD um, and with average contract value of in the hundreds of thousands. So if you back that up and assume a low hundred thousands, you get 200 to 300 customers, but they're big name customers. They're uh, uh, Facebook, Shopify, Coinbase, Square, Telus, and MailChimp are examples they have on their website. And they seem to do a lot of interactions. So 1.5 billion customer interactions in, in 2020. Um, so, you know, they're avoiding a lot of those conversations and saying a lot of those links out. Well, I hope they don't avoid our conversations now. We should get them back on the show. Um, and in fact, we did have Mike on the show recently to talk about a previous raise, right? Yeah, well, we actually had Mike, uh, David, and Boris Wirtz talk about the initial investment in Volley how uh, Boris continues to support them as they pivoted into ADA. And it was, it was great because if you haven't watched or you haven't listened to the podcast, you should, because it talks about this interaction which Boris forgot when they actually went to meet with him and tell him, hey, we, we're actually switching what we do. We're doing quite a massive pivot. And the support Boris gave him and, and, and the story about how they actually went through that year of learning how to do customer support. It, it's actually a very transparent and insightful um, episode. Amazing. Alex, are you printing in the background? Don't know what's going on. <laughs> who still has a printer unbelievable i think it's um, a fax and, <laughs> and why and tell me why do you think they could raise now is it because they've got those big name clients and these some of these eye-popping numbers well you know it seems like there's a straightforward case of accelerating revenue uh customer adoption was partly boosted by covid they're closing lots of customers the number of customers you know they launched just launched a marketing tool so they help first start off with to help you avoid customer support calls now they're helping you with marketing so when you look at it Fast accelerating numbers, the ability to launch new products, those are exciting things. And and why do you think this deal in particular is interesting for the TechTO community? Well, multiple reasons. First of all, in 2010, everyone was talking about how Canada had a lead in machine learning and artificial intelligence. And you were like, we should brand the ecosystem about this. And there was lots of companies that started in that space. I always th thought, you know, machine learning and AI are going to be just tools everyone has. And it was a bad way to brand the ecosystem. But you know what? 
this is the first company that attributes some of their success to machine learning and AI. So here's from that cohort, they, they say one of the competitive advantages is machine learning and AI. So maybe this will come to help reinforce some of the strengths of the Canadian ecosystem. Uh, you know, unlike last week's unicorn, well, simple, which we, we talked about quite a bit, this, this story follows a traditional Silicon Valley storyline. Founders launch a startup, it's sort of mediocre success. In that startup, they get inspiration for a completely different idea they pivot towards. They grind it out and they become an overnight success in like six, seven years. Like, and they raise money along the way from VC. So this was like, if I were to write like, you know, a movie about the Silicon Valley startup, this would be the Toronto equivalent right now with the story. Um, the other thing, which is the current valuation, even in the current market seems a bit rich. It's 40 times revenue run rate, not 40 times last year revenue, not 40 times next year's are 40 times revenue rate. So it might be, they might be projecting a growth of four or five times. So it might, it might seem reasonable, but without more information, it's, it's 40 times revenue rate. And I think it's important for people to understand why. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also, you dropped a lot of big logos in there and these are big deals. Yeah. And so this is going to have to be a, a story about a really good looking pipeline. This stuff is going to have to take time to move through the pipeline, but there must be a great story in there of, of who's moving through uh, and about to sign some big contracts. Yeah, and and I think what most founders understand is not all revenues equal, right? And so let's let's look at why. If I'm a Silicon Valley, if I'm Tiger, if I'm Spark, what gets me excited about Ada's revenue? First of all, those names. There are there's a lot of leading technology companies, and there's a belief if Coinbase is using you, Coinbase is a good new startup. They're worth I don't know fifty billion, hundred billion depends on the day that. They they're not going to outsource something unless it's the top a top technology solution and it's and it's it's worthwhile it's a big enough problem to actually outsource. So by having Coinbase and Facebook as customers, what you're telling VCs is these leading companies believe you identified a true problem and have a world class solution. So it's much more interesting than seeing money from revenue from Starwoods and Enbridge. Second mm -hmm. thing is large average contract values. Uh, it's easy to see how unit economics work, and it's easy to say, hey, if we go hire another twenty salespeople we can expand revenue even faster. So there's gonna be a good ROI investment. Mm -hmm. And finally, um, Ada is showing the ability to launch new products and sell into established customer base. So not only your average contract value is big, they should be able to expand over time. So you look at that and go, well, that revenue versus someone that's selling to um, Enbridge, you know, $20,000 contract, which is sort of like, is that inbound, is that outbound? And has as a one, one, one product company, the revenue is not equal. So it's founders, always get focused on top line metrics, but they don't understand the quality of those metrics and the story around that. And it, it's, it's, it, it, so when you look at the raises and what's going on in your valuations, you have to understand the quality of the stories, not only just the quantity of the story. Great takeaway for the community. I love that. And if you love keeping up to date on the people like Mike and the companies like Ada and the quality revenue that they're producing that are shaping the Canadian tech scene, you need to subscribe to the TechTO newsletter. Alex, what can subscribers expect in tomorrow's edition? They can, they can expect a curated list of must-reads to tell you about what's going on in the ecosystem, curated list of news, um, and also there's going to be a, a spotlight on a company they may not know about. So we try to highlight up-and-coming companies, just like Ada was at TechTO and as volume in 2015. We're trying to make sure we identify potential companies you should be aware of, maybe join every Friday. I love that. Next up... Xanadu may or may not have raised $100 million from Bessemer. Alex, I got to ask, what do you mean may or may not have raised? So last Sunday, Global Mail broke an article saying that 
it's rumored that Bessemer is raising a hundred million round, leading a hundred million round into Xanadu. Um, good article, lots of details. No news has broken since. They mentioned it was going to be four hundred million valuation. And what's interesting, if you go look around Twitter, uh, Damien Steele, the managing partner at Omers, who's led the previous round, started complaining about why Canada, why Canadian media covers large raises and that they shouldn't do it until it's public. So don't know what that was all about. There's a support. I, I, I assume if Globe and Mail had a few sources, they had three or four sources that a round is close to happening, maybe just competing offers, but sounds like Santa is close to be worth 400 million and get, getting another hundred million dollars. Interesting. We should, uh, it was probably a Sean or a Josh article. Maybe we should get them on and talk about it a little bit, but I love the double entendre here because, um, you know what Xanadu does, right, Alex? Yeah. I found it quite interesting because Xanadu is attempting to build the world's most powerful computers by harnessing subatomic particles to perform calculations that would take supercomputers millennials to run. In other words, they're trying to build a quantum computer. Okay. And, and, and so, can you... and so, so like, here, like, like quantum is, you know, everyone knows, hears about it, what does it really mean? So traditional computers have are what's, you know, binary. Everything's coded in zeros and ones, zeros and ones. And so it's either on or off. And quantum can be off and on at the same time. It's, you know, it's like, it, it has an in-between state. So it lets you have a, each deck and have a lot more states, which, which is what makes them so much more powerful. Yeah, that was pretty good, Alex. Um, but uh, luckily here, I actually have a clip of Christian, the CEO of Xanadu, answering this very question at TechTO in April 2019. Let's hear what he said and how you compared. My name is William. Uh, I'm a programmer, but I don't understand quantum computing. Uh -huh. So my question is, how would you explain quantum computing to like a regular person? I just wouldn't. <laughs> um, I guess the generic way to explain it is, um, uh, you know, all our digital components have at the basis uh, the inputs of zeros and ones, um, and then you have gates acting on them. A quantum computer does something similar. It does definitely that, but it also has a superposition. So you can have zero and one um, occurring as a state uh, rather than just individually, and you can act the gates on both states at the same time. Uh, so you get this speed up, this parallelization. Uh, effectively, it scales exponentially two to the end. So that's where... Um, that's one way I would try to uh, explain it. Hey, Alex, you did pretty good. Yeah, maybe I should start a quantum computing company. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe we should get into what makes Xanadu so exciting for people looking at quant uh, the quantum space. Um, so first of all, you know, miss, uh, I'd say uh, Mr. Weedbrook is a lot smarter than me, especially when it comes to this. Uh, he, so the whole company is based on his PhD thesis um, from when he was in university. And he's using a process called squeezing light, um, which is fires lasers that enable light particles to generate quantum effects in thumbnail-sized chips. Uh, what's so exciting about this is this method happens at room temperature. And all the other quantum computers out there are super massive, need to be like operated like negative 20 Celsius or even colder. If you do this at room temperature, the devices are much cheaper to run. They can be much smaller, and it could actually be much more practical. Um, so, and then why do people get excited about quantum computing? It it basically can really be advanced for drug discovery, for you know cybersecurity, for financial, of course, because anything that's good can make more money in the financial markets, um, and you know, and other cool you know 
material science experiments? So there's a lot of possibilities out there in the distant or very distant future. But let's talk about today, like let's talk about Xanadu's numbers now. And and Alex, don't tell me that they can be whatever state you want them to be either. All right. I need a I need some definite numbers. Uh not many out there. Uh, employees 82. They've raised 41 million or 141 million US. Uh, I think what's more interesting is they have a product uh, out there called uh, Penny Lane. And if you look at all this product, I guess Chris is a big fan of uh, the Beatles because a lot of them are Beatles names. Uh, you know, it's their Penny Lane is their open source Python software framework for quantum machine learning. Um, it, it's basically allows, it's like basically the AWS of quantum is the best way to put it. Um, so it lets people access quantum computers without having one. And quantum computers are expensive, so it's good. Uh, the other thing is they're very active in the local ecosystem. They work with CDL to provide credits for Penny Lane. And like in CDL, Toronto has a quantum stream. So they are busy building the ecosystem. They're busy building their machines. They're busy building software. But hard numbers and customers, not necessarily available. And it's not surprising because these are probably very expensive machines to run. So why should the TechTO community care or not care about this particular news? Well, so it's funny. Last week, you know, in ADA, we talked about AI and machine learning and how Canada was trying to, you know, say we're the leaders in that. And I view those would, that information would be disseminated over time, just like mobile was, and it's not a long-term competitive advantage. Quantum in the near future, if you build an ecosystem around that and have the leading technology, there is a long, there is a competitive advantage because it is much more highly technical. It needs a lot more capital. And it's not like just software. And if Xanadu's, you know, there's a lot actually happening in Canada with, with quantum. So you have, if Xanadu becomes, you know, gets anointed a leader, crowned a leader, you have Xanadu here, you have CDL doing a quantum stream. You have, uh, there's a project in, in the corridor called, uh, Quantum Valley, which is trying to encourage more quantum com you know, computer stuff to come. So we can, the Toronto Waterloo area can become an expert. And Canada already has D-Wave, which is one of the leaders. So all the other leaders you look out there, there's only one other really startup, like I'd say is Rigetti. And, but the rest are traditional large tech companies like Google or IBM that can pour tons of money. So this is actually an ability to create a competitive advantage for the ecosystem. I love that. And uh, two deals with Bessemer, no? Yeah. I, I, oh, potentially. That's right. Potentially. That's right. Uh, fantastic. Now, look, if you want to help build uh, the future of quantum computing, regular computing, really any computing, together with a community of Canadian tech founders, entrepreneurs, and investors, you've got to check out the techto.org insider membership program. Alex and I are there every single day answering questions, making connections, giving feedback, and helping grow the community. Alex, who have you been hanging out with recently in the Insider program? So uh, Serge Salgar from uh, Visual Ping, he actually joined us through the Google Accelerator. Been talking a lot about just what he needs to do to grow, about funding. He's based in Vancouver, has a really cool company. Uh, if anyone wants to do any web monitoring, like monitor prices, no one vaccines are available, you have to go check out Visual Ping. Unbelievable. Love it. Helping grow the Canadian tech ecosystem one member at a time. Last up, this week in early stage funding, we've got four raises, one from Sports IQ Analytics, Kirby Cars, Rails.ai, and Relay Platform. 
Let's get started with sports IQ analytics. What's the deal and why is this exciting for you, Alex? So, so first of all, this was a hard week. There's a lot of smaller financings out there and I just chose four I thought were interesting. So sports IQ raised 8.4 million Canadian in a seed round. Uh, they're Vancouver based and they're basically building software uh, for sport, to enable sports betting. And, you know, what's interesting to me is who the investors are. You've got uh, Harlow Equity Partners, but more interesting was uh, you got this guy named Michael Gordon, who was the Fenway Sports Group president and partner. You got a former uh, well, you know, GM of the Cubs and Red Sox, which is Theo Epstein. You got the president CEO of the Boston Red Sox, and you've got the uh, former CEO of digital gaming at Caesars Interactive. So a lot of people that know betting, a lot of people that know sports are investing in this. And this ties into something we discussed several months ago. Uh, we had a, you know, I think it was in, uh, Quick Takes. We talked about three gambling companies either raising money or going public in Canada. And, and like, it seems like Canada has this sports gambling, sports betting tech infrastructure industry covered. And like, we seem to be the world's leader there. And, it, and it, historically, it's been because companies can go public in the TSX, but here's one raising private money. And it's an industry that everyone ignores because it's sort of like, oh, who wants to talk about sports betting? I don't know how big it is, but it's probably bigger than I think and probably bigger than most people think. So here's another spike in our ecosystem that doesn't get any attention. Alex, you can't just call every industry the future of the Canadian tech. You can't say, All, oh, we have a spike week. in mach machine learning AI and then quantum computing and then sports oh, betting. No, I, I'm skeptical to AI machine learning. That's what I said. Oh, okay, Let's okay. be on the record. I, I you, know, you know, that, but no, I'm saying again, I don't know how big, but how, I, how big is sports? I don't know. Sports betting. Should we bet on it? How much like a wager? On it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Next up, we have like Kirby Cars. What's the deal with Kirby Cars and why is this important? So Kirby Cars, Saskatoon-based online vehicle retail startup. They've completed a $7 million Canadian, uh, $7 million Canadian seed round of financing. Uh, you know, typical used car online thing. Hey, we want to bring transparency. We want to make it easier to buy. We'll give you all these, you know, give you all these offers you can you know try free delivery three months trial uh they're based in saskatoon they've expanded across western canada they're in like saskatchewan alberta and manitoba and they've raised money to continue expanding and you know what's interesting you know the other trend we talked about is hey well simple's proven in a bunch of other fintech companies proven canada's big enough market and one of those markets we said that could be a canada only market is is used cars and we actually had dan from clutch talking about his race you know, in the past month. And what I worry here is, is this going to go well simple like, or is this going to be just a bunch of medium sized companies? And like, let's look at well simple. When well simple started in was it 2014, there was probably 10 other competitors trying to do Canada Robo Advisor. And you know, the, the genius of that team there, except for maybe you, Jason, uh, was excellent execution, excellent brand building. They used, you know, you guys used financing as a weapon, used brand building. And you basically don't hear about the other robo-advisors right now. So is this going to be like that where one, you know, Clutch or Kirby or the two, three others I hear who've raised money, one of them emerges victorious and takes the country and it's a big market, you know, it's a big billion dollar company because they own a big market in Canada. Or is it going to be where we get like four to five scaled but subscale um, startups? So interesting to see that. I don't think this would have been possible to get all these companies to raise a few years ago. And now they can. Mm -hmm. And what, well, how's it going to play out? And so the VC thesis on this is that it will be uh, a big market for it. And who, is the, who are the VCs in this again? This one is, oh, let's go back to it. Uh, 
don't think I don't see it was really announced. There wasn't people I recognized. So okay, well, we'll need to get their uh, thesis on it, and, and and they can convince you why this is going to be a big market. Let's go to the next one, Rails.ai. Tell me about this deal. So Rails.ai, Toronto-based, uh, they build an API that helps companies access their customers' accounting data. So let's say your bank, you need you traditionally go, can you submit your financial statements now? They like use Rails, mm -hmm. so just pull out QuickBooks with your permission or zero. Right. Uh, they raised $12 million, uh, US in Series A financing. The round was led by NICA Partners, uh, you had participation from SUSE, Vestigo, Entre Capital, Plug and Play Ventures, and a couple other people, mm -hmm. N4IP and Hack VC. Uh, you know, what's interesting here is you got fintech plus API. Like, there's no hotter space out there. Um, fintech, we've already talked about. API goes back to sort of that quality of revenue. Once an API is built in there, let's think about Twilio, Stripe. If it's hard to get them out, right? It right. becomes a core part of the product. So here's a company that's taking two trends, building upon it. Uh, the founders include a serial entrepreneur, you know, that went through YC. The round was super competitive. And if you look at those names, Nike Partners is a leading VC firm. Seuss Adventures was, you know, I know there was a bunch of other at the table that wanted to get in. It just demonstrates that US VCs are constantly looking north for opportunities. That's great. Yeah. Even the new um, plug and play recently expanded into Canada as well, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you read, read our newsletter, they're looking for uh, uh, basically program manager as of when, uh, you know, in our Wednesday careers newsletter, you could see about it. Amazing. Yeah. Great opportunity. And then the last deal we're going to cover today, Relay Platform, not to be confused with this morning's news about Relay. Yeah. yeah I know. And we had that discussion in Slack this morning. So Relay and FinTech seems to be a popular name. This one is an insurtech uh, platform. They raised five million dollars, led by Drive Capital, who we've had on. Uh, we've had one of their partners on before to talk because they, they're the lead investor in Apply Board, mm -hmm. um, with participation from Holly Beta. Holly Beta is a studio, we, you know, similar to what uh, similar but different than what Dialog does. Or sorry, Diagram does. Um, and what's interesting here is really, again, they do insurtech. They're helping. They're playing a bit of a marketplace. And InsurTech feel, feels to me like the next fintech. Okay, it's a subset of fintech, but most of fintech is really like around financing stuff like that. InsurTech is a massive market, and you're starting to see a lot of startups. I think you've had a couple go public, and I think you're going to start seeing a lot of money thrown into space and get valuations get a bit crazy. The other thing here is this is emerged from Highline Beta. Um, now you've got Highline Beta getting good markups. You got Diagram getting good markups. So the studio model, which is popular from time to time, but never seems to stick around, seems to have some traction here. I love that. Of these four deals, which would you want to invest in right now? Well, I'm biased. I already invested in one of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Rails. Um, and, and that's the one I know the best, right? Like I, like I know Relay a bit, you know, but I, I don't know anything about Kirby or, or Sports IQ. Like, obviously, if they raise money, there's people that believe in them and they all could be good. Uh, I just... It's hard to say without knowing the companies better. And do you find any themes on these four? Like what's your, what's your takeaway here from these four deals for the tech TO community? Good question. Cause well, I guess none of them are directly consumer focused, which is, I think Canada's generally has done okay in consumer, but mm -hmm. our strength really is more in the enterprise or business to business. That that's a key theme. Um, there's a lot of different investors here that probably weren't investing in Canada four years ago, five years ago, drive capital yeah. wasn't, you know, Nike. I don't think, that, I don't know what they've invested in Canada before. Uh, 
you know, I know I've heard of Harlow, but I don't think I've seen him up here before. Kirby, you know, so like so you have more capital lunch, coming because well, capital. for a long time, people were saying there's not enough capital in this country. Go south. Yeah. Go south. What do you no. think now? Is, is the capital coming north? Well, in some cases, it's still beneficial to go south, but, you know, A, you can't go south right now, hypothetically. <laughs> uh, but B, like a lot of people are willing, you know, you can reach out to them. A lot of people are looking uh, looking north and looking for deals anywhere. Actually, I, I know it's the question that is along the same lines that uh, someone on LinkedIn put in. I don't know if you want to call that one up. Yeah. Uh, is it this one here? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Stephen asks, uh, do you recommend connecting with angel investors before VCs? It's generally, not all the time, but generally, yes, especially for your early rounds, because angel, you know, angels are, you know, a, they're going to be a bit more sporadic or sorry, a bit more volatile in the feedback, but you can mm -hmm. learn a lot before you pitch a VC. You can see if there's consistent questions coming up, up about your model. And also, if you get a couple of angels to commit before you meet with a VC, you have momentum, and then there's less space for that VC to invest, so they have to move a bit faster. Got it. So, you're, so in general, you're a yes. Yes. How about you, Jason? Absolutely. And I think there's been a lot of hard knocks against Canadian angels over the last 12 months, right? Um, and, I, and I think that spurred angels to sort of move a little bit quicker, to stop asking for as much analysis and to take some bigger swings and some bigger bets on entrepreneurs. What do you think? I also think there's two other things that happen at the same time. Um, one is you have a younger or tech, you know, tech first angel. So like historically, mm -hmm. lots of our angels made money in other industries. Right. Like but financial lots, services financial or services, uh, energy, metal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like now you have a lot of people that have grown up with tech and with Twitter and are active and see how it's modeled there. So, and then also a lot of them, a lot of big raises and I imagine lots of secondary. So there's a lot of people that can act fast and they've made money in tech. Like, you know, you, you see the Shopify crew a lot more active than they yeah. were 12 months ago. I, I, and I imagine with the big raise, some people, well, simple may have taken money off the table or, yeah. or ADA or like, you know, or and, and, and what that means is that there's a lot of people out there in the tech TO community who are, who are, uh, have now the ability, they probably always had the desire to write those small checks and a great place to find those people, Alex, are at some of TechTO's interactive live streams. And we've got some super awesome ones coming up real soon. Uh, first, discover the untold stories behind the raise on TechTO's Founders and Funding Show, where Alex, you are going to sit down with a venture-backed CEO and the VC partner that made the bet for a candid conversation of how it all happened. And we've got a very special episode of Founders and Funding tomorrow at noon Eastern featuring Benedict Evans and Matt Clifford's of Entrepreneur First. Can you tell me a little bit more about what to expect tomorrow, Alex? So tomorrow we're going to do a bit different than a normal one. We're going to get Matt and Benedict to talk to each other. And for people that don't know Benedict, I think he's one of the most insightful minds about tech trends. He's been doing analysis of tech telecom for 20 years. He was a partner at A16Z. Um, and he, I, tomorrow, I think we're going to talk about why he's working with EF, why he's invested there. He's going to talk about how he spots trends in his frameworks. He'll talk about what he thinks of the future trends that people should be starting companies in. I, and I think if he, like, he has a strong opinion, he's very direct, doesn't leave any room for doubt. Uh, and like, he's one of the few people I read religiously. So yep. I think Got it's a great really, blog, a great yeah. newsletter. Uh, we're always picking hot stuff from there to share with our community. Um, so please join us live, meet some great people at our interactive live streams. You can also catch up on previous episodes from TechTO's Founders in Funding podcast, and it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check out uh, also Mike Murchison and David Hariri from Ada chatting uh, with Bessemer. That's a great episode to check out from today's news as well. And then Alex... 
on Monday, May 17th, Tech TO is heading to the prairies. Yeehaw! We're bringing Michelle Romano from ClearCo back to our stage to talk about her new double unicorn status, or as you like to call it, a duocorn. And we'll also have uh, Jordan Bosch, the founder and CEO of Seven Shifts, talking about the journey of building his company. Michelle grew up in Regina and Seven Shifts is HQ'd in Saskatoon. So we just decided to make it a prairie theme. Is there anyone else that you're excited about in the prairies, Alex? Uh, there's Coconut uh, Software yeah. comes up. You know, there's uh, Neo, Neo Financial. Mm-hmm. How about Kirby? Of- you were just talking about the raise today. Don't know them, so I, I'd love to say I'm excited to see them raise. Don't know if I'm excited about them. There's also quite a few in Calgary, you know, Samand, Zayzun, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff happening out there. But you know what? I don't I don't get out to the prairies right now. So if anyone listening has any recommendations of cool startups in the prairies we should be aware of and we should be talking about, tweet at me, email me. So uh, email TechTO. Like, we want to know. We want to get, yep. we want to tell the whole Canadian story. Yeah, we'll put them up on the national stage at TechTO together on Monday. So just let us know in the comments or send us an email and we'll get them featured. Wow, what a week in Canadian tech. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to TechTO wherever you're watching or listening. We will see you on the inside.